on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. This is the word of the Lord. Lord Jesus, what you are accomplishing through your birth, gather us into that. Help it. Help us to love you, follow you, give our lives to you. And this Christmas, may it be our one desire to cry, the Saviour, the Saviour of the world is here. Amen. Well, let me add my welcome to you all. It's wonderful to see you all here. Uh, if we've not met, I'm Tim. I'm the vicar here. And uh, we're going to be exploring uh, God's Word. And it's uh, Isaiah chapter 9 that uh, Jennifer read for us uh, a few moments ago before that wonderful carol, I Cannot Tell. Let's begin with a story. Now, during a wedding rehearsal, the groom approached the vicar with an unusual offer. Vicar, I'll give you £50 if you'll change the wedding vows, the groom asked, said. Now, when you get to me and uh, the part where it asks if I promise to love, honour and obey and forsaking all others, be faithful to her, blah, 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 I'd appreciate it if you just leave that part out. And so he passed the vicar a £50 note and walked away, feeling rather satisfied. Well, the day of the wedding arrived and they reached the part of the ceremony where the vows are exchanged. And when it came for the groom's vows, the vicar looked him in the eye and said, Now, will you promise to obey her every wish and command, serve her breakfast in bed each and every morning of your life, and swear eternally before God as your witness and your lovely wife standing here before you, that you will not even look at another woman, as long as you both shall live. The groom gulped, looked around, and replied in a meek voice, Yes. Well, after the wedding, the groom pulled the vicar aside and hissed, I thought we had a deal. The vicar put the £50 note back into the groom's hand and whispered, Sorry, son, she made me a much better offer. Well, promises. Promises 
can be easy, can't they, to say, to make, and another thing to keep. Well, in times like these, we could do with a good promise or two, something to keep spirits up. We think that with the state of the economy. How about this? How about the guarantee that in 2012, the interest rate would go up to make more of our savings, or the price of fuel would go down to what it was, say, nine or ten years ago? What a promise that would be. Incidentally, in January 2002, a litre of unleaded petrol, should I tell you what that cost? You'll feel very depressed. 71 pence. Compare that with 139 pence, almost today, in some parts of Britain, almost double. Or how about the promise that our houses will add a third to their value in 2012? That would be a great promise, wouldn't it? I'd like that. Or the promise that our rent would go down, or our mortgage payments would go down. Or what about promises beyond the realm of money? How about the promise of health, or friendships, or a new job, or less stress, fewer hours to work? What difference would that make, or those promises make, to you? We all like promises. Promises give us hope. They keep us going. The prophet Isaiah, whose words we heard read for us a few moments ago by Jennifer, spoke promise to his people, to his community, the promise of hope. And this was the promise of hope to a people who were giving up all hope. They'd gone through a terrible time of war and captivity. They were really at the end of their tether. And Isaiah sets out to bolster their hope. He wants to change the prevailing mood of doom and gloom. And at the beginning of the chapter, he announces to his community that there's going to be no more gloom, everybody. And he tells them that the struggles and the pain and the sadness of the people, battle-weary and long-oppressed by their enemies, it's going to come to an end. The dark moment will pass. The storm clouds will blow away. There is hope. But what hope? What will make this difference? Well, Isaiah tells his people and us too today that only a miracle of hope can save the day. Only a miracle can bring the light that's required. Only a miracle can restore the joy. Only a miracle can put things right. And what miracle? A cosmic superpower bursting from the heavens? A vast army appearing as if from nowhere? No. A child. A baby boy. The promised hope is made a reality through the gift of God's Son. For, us, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given. This is the unexpected miracle of Christmas, the birth of hope, the arrival of the one who brings light into the darkness, joy for the grieving, freedom for those who feel trapped, purpose for those who are jobless, strength for the weary, hope for the hopeless. In short, we have the promise of hope for whatever situations we're facing or might face in the future. Because God's Son comes to us. He's given to us.
to us as a gift, giving us the very things that we need, the very things that we long for. And so Isaiah goes on then, we heard how he praises God for three things that he sees will be given through the gift of his Son. Firstly, God's Son, the Saviour of the people, comes to us to shatter the yoke that burdens us, the bar across our shoulders, the rod of our oppressors. For the people of Israel back in Isaiah's day, this meant the destruction of enemy rule, liberation, freedom. What is it for us today? What's the yoke that burdens you and me? What's the bar across your shoulders? The rod that punishes you. This Christmas, receive the promise of hope in God's Son who comes to set us free from the very things that weigh us down. But more than this, secondly, God's Son comes to us to break the power of the things that threaten to destroy us. For Israel, the warrior's boots and blood-soaked clothes represented the enemy armies looking to destroy them, marching on them. And God's Son comes to get rid of them, to use them as fuel for the fire. What about us? What things threaten to bring us down? Money worries? Family problems? Workload? Illness? Stress? Marriage difficulties? Addictions? We all have them. If we're honest, we admit to them. This Christmas, receive the promise of hope in God's Son who comes to destroy the very things that threaten to be our downfall. So if that was the second thing that Isaiah praises God for giving us, then the third and final one is this. He praises God for providing a king above all kings. A king who with God's wisdom can make extraordinary decisions and has the ability to make them a reality. A king who makes sense of where we come from and also where we're headed. A king who is peace bringer. A king who seeks our allegiance, our affection, our commitment more than tonight. Our commitment to serve him and work for his cause every single day. I promise you, it's an adventure you will never, ever regret. It asks a lot of you. Everything, in fact. But you'll never regret it. So work for the cause of this coming King. The King above all kings. And the name of this King? Well, his name wasn't even uttered until the angel spoke it to Mary. She was told to name him Jesus, the Son of God given to us. Now, incidentally, our youngest daughter, Heather, announced this week while we were having dinner that when she's older, if she has a baby boy, she's going to call him Jesus. And if his friends take the mickey out of him at school, she'll call him Roger. <laughs> it stands to reason, doesn't it, really? 
But the name of Jesus has clearly made an impact on her. That's the hope of Christmas, isn't it? That the name of Jesus will have an impact on the life of every human being on this planet. Jesus is the unexpected miracle of Christmas. The hope giver. The promised one who brings light in our darkness. Joy for the grieving. Freedom for those who feel trapped. Purpose for those who are jobless. Strength for the weary. Hope for the hopeless. Jesus, God's Son, comes to us bearing the very things we need. Promises that will make all the difference in the world. My prayer is that this Christmas you will receive the promise of hope given in Jesus. Stop the merry-go-round of same old, same old Christmases and allow this Christmas to be extraordinary. Christmas is already brimming with promise because of Jesus. So why not let his promise of hope make a difference to your life today? You'll never regret it. I can promise you that. Let's pray.